Antibody Apparel is clothing that keeps you in mind, keeping safety and health education at the forefront of their design. Antibody Apparel is made with love by a team of creatives and healthcare professionals who believe that conveying knowledge can empower the spirit through style and positivity. Antibody Apparel is all about quality, comfort, and style we can all depend on. So whether you need to be in a virtual meeting in five minutes or the dispensary in ten, throw on some antibody gear and you're good to go. Antibody Apparel is an expression of science through art. Follow them on Instagram at Antibody Apparel or visit them online at antibodyapparel.co. so glad you joined us today we hope that uh, we're joining you on your break or maybe you're at work or maybe you're in your car picking up your kid or maybe you're just cleaning the house but thank you so much for tuning into the pot smoking moms we are not to be confused with other moms that smoke pot we have a pot smoking moms podcast <laughs> as well um so thank you so much for joining us i am sunny d along with my home girl captain jake Hello. If you like us, if you like our podcast, please rate, subscribe, subscribe. That way, whenever there's a new episode, you ain't got to wait for Instagram or any of our other social handles to shoot it out. You automatically know it's there. It's ready. You can listen to it as First soon as it's available. Know. Yeah. Subscribe, share, and just, you know, be friends with us on all of our social media handles. We say all of them just in case, you know, one of them decides to ban our account or some <laughs> shit like that. Because, you know, TikTok. Which feels imminent all the time. Yeah, it just <laughs> whenever it's related to cannabis, you think, oh, my God, when are, well, how long are they going to put me in TikTok jail for? Or what are they going to ban? You know, it's just like mm-hmm. living on the edge of our seats. And that's why we're about to take a rip off this bong. Because it's like we're constantly living on the edge of our seats. Right, Captain J? Yup, yup, yup. What do you got there? Yeah, I have uh, some yum yum bubble gum. I have uh, the last of my five pound hammer ratio. I've been enjoying this. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's got like 17% THC and a little over 2% CBD, which we don't normally find a lot of flour that has CBD. So, yeah, I've been enjoying it. Nice. All right. Cheers, guys. Nice. What's up with uh, anything happened to you this week? Not really. Same old, same old. Trying to get same situated in the house. Bullshit. and Still that. <laughs> the only thing is, have, did you finish WandaVision? Yes, I most <laughs> certainly did. It was very lovely. Because I know you were a little behind. I was, I, was, I was very hesitant to start watching that show to begin with yeah, because of like the, the first, first two. First two yeah. episodes were rough to get through. <laughs> but I, w- I recommend anybody who hasn't seen WandaVision yet. Just, you know, after you get past those first two episodes, which I think they could have. I still think I they could have done things differently. I bet you if you went back and watched those first two episodes now, knowing where they were going, you would enjoy it more because you would see more of the clues and where they were going with the whole concept. I wish I can agree with you, but I really <laughs> don't. I honestly think they could have done things a little bit different. It didn't have to take a t- whole two episodes. Which, granted, they're not that long, but still, I feel like they could have kind of, 
They didn't need to be so cheesy like that right out the bat. But that's how television was. And she made, that's the whole idea is that she made it in those realities. Yeah. Well, I, you know, spo- people hate spoiler alerts, but honestly, if it wasn't for spoiler alerts, I would have never kept, kept watching? watching. Yeah. <laughs> honestly, I'm a big, what's his name? What's his, I forgot, I, his actor name escapes me, but he plays Pietro on WandaVision yeah. and he was in American Horror Story and he's Quicksilver in the X-Men movies. I like him a lot. Yeah. So when I saw he was in, I was like, oh, all right. You know, Pietro is them. Quicksilver, right? Yeah. I mean, yes. They're the There's, same character. They are. It's just different universes. He was in that universe and then in this universe. That was Fox that made those movies. Yeah. But it is the same character. Right. It's just played by a different actor in that universe. Yeah. And that's kind of, it's kind of confusing because they've kind of thrown that into the mix. Yeah. Here. Because... The one guy who did play Quicksilver in the X-Men, which is a guy in WandaVision, which I fucking love that guy. Mm-hmm. I forgot his name. Peters. Evan Peters. He, so he plays him in WandaVision, but then the, 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 the throwback, the flashback that she has of her and him. Is the other. Is the, the other, other guy. Actor, the other really actor. Like. Right. Yeah. Which is essentially and the guy reality. who plays Kick-Ass. Yeah. Which is funny because they both did a movie together. In Kick-Ass. Who? They, both, they were both in that movie. Who's in that movie? Evan Peters and uh, the guy that played. Evan Peters was in that movie? Yeah. In Kick-Ass? Yeah. Who did he play? Oh, his friend. Really? Yeah. I, yeah, look I it don't up. I don't doubt it. But um yeah, I liked that movie Kick-Ass too. It was pretty good. Yeah, we'll we'll look it up later, but I'm pretty sure he was his friend. He was also in it. Probably. Evan yeah. It might have been the second Kick-Ass. Yeah, the one with Jim Carrey. Yeah. Right? I, I, Dude, it's been so long since I've seen those movies. I know, it's I been was, a while. Well, Hit Girl for Halloween. Yeah. Same, <laughs> you have a picture where you're dressed up as Hit Girl and I'm dressed up as Shredder yeah, from we Ninja Turtles. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Well, I will make that the image for this podcast yeah. episode. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Hell yeah. So WandaVision yeah. was good. I love that. I want to keep, you know, it's also something good to get into now. You know, we've been waiting for new stuff. Well, yeah, but now Marvel's releasing a whole bunch of stuff. And th- this is just the beginning. Like WandaVision was an introduction of stuff to come. So. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited to see more. Did you see the Meghan Markle and Prince Harry interview? I with- saw a little bit of that. I saw parts of it. I was truly trying to. I even downloaded the CBS app, but my kids yeah. have other plans for me. Always. I was intrigued because I saw some clips of it on TikTok. And I Hell was like, yeah. no way that they asked that they were making the color, an issue about what, what, what the, the skin, skin the color. potential skin color of the baby would be. Yes. I was like, that caught my attention. I was like, oh, my God. Like, how do you have that? Conver- how do you even say that? But they didn't apparently say it to her. Right. It was a conversation with Prince Harry yeah. that he later disclosed to her Probably. they never say yeah. who it was right but it's a it's like suggested that it's his dad that yeah, said that so? but who but it doesn't matter like first of all i am surprised that people are surprised i'm not really surprised of course of course because is. it's like yeah that we have officially made it clear that systemic racism is a thing and everybody's yeah they just basically, she was very clear that the reason they left is just because they didn't want to leave initially, but she was always told and promised by the family that they would always be protected, meaning from media and like false stories and like they'll squash all that. And they never did. And there was they never always, did. they never had her back press 
after press after press right. and it was breaking her down to the yeah. point where she wanted to completely commit suicide like she didn't want to live while she was pregnant i'm sure i'm sure Just hello think about your emotions and hell while yeah you're pregnant and, and also under scrutiny on. and all of this all of this immediate like attention and mm-hmm. for sure mm-hmm. and then they pulled his security when they left, because uh, even when they left, they were planning to just, they didn't want to leave the family altogether. They just wanted to go from being a senior member of the family to a less senior fam- family member where they do, they'll continue work throughout the Commonwealth, which mm-hmm. is why they moved to Canada. So they wanted to continue, you know, do what they do, where they go out and they represent the crown, um, but from, you know, afar. And... When they moved over there, they just took all their... They cut ties? They cut they the whole... They took all their security, even Prince Harry's security. He had no longer had any security. And they get death threats all the time, especially Man, him because so... people think it's messed up that he married someone of color. That is... He gets death threats for that. That's insane. I was like, oh my God. And then what was crazy is that Tyler Perry is the one that helped them. He helps everybody, He's though. The one Tyler Perry is like ho- a beacon of hope for so many people, and it's insane. He gave them their his home. Yeah, it's to beautiful. Live in. Yeah. I was right. like, it was really interesting. I've never given a shit about the royal family. I've right, never paid attention to it. Well, why? Because um, they're like racist and um, elitist, and it's a whole stupid situation anyways. Why is it? Why are we? Why is, are they paying for the family's lifestyle? I mean, it's stupid to me. The whole thing is stupid. Yeah, like I don't see the point if they're just a figurehead. Yeah, and, you know? and then, right, and everybody behind the scenes, and this was also uh, showing how everybody behind the scenes is pretty much running the show. Yeah, like, like the family just they were very clear that the queen was not in charge yeah that was not the problem right like they got along fine with the queen she got along great with the queen they loved her yeah they have nothing but respect for her they were very clear that it was not her it's the institution yeah yeah for sure but that got me interested in knowing more so i started watching the crown oh yeah you're you're watching that now (laughs) On Netflix, yeah, I'm sorry. Is it, it like historically accurate? I don't know. I want to know how historically accurate it is because they go into a lot of stuff with Winston Churchill because he was the prime minister when uh, she became queen and all this stuff. And I'm like, how accurate is all this? And I've heard it's pretty close. And they said they've seen it. Uh, they asked, uh, Oprah asked. If they've seen that if show. they've watched it. They're like, we've watched it a bit. And, and I'm wondering if, if they only watched the current season because his mom's on it. Oh. oh, and they, of course, also talk briefly about what happened to his mom yeah. and how he said, I saw it going in the same direction of yeah. what happened to my mom. And yeah. we're not going to let that happen. Right. Yeah. And that's but what they say killed her. They the only reason him. he was able to, like, afford to continue is because of money his mom left him. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I wonder what his brother's going to cool. say. And then and then suddenly everybody was hanging around with black people to kind of like squash the beef. To like <laughs> really? Thinking. You didn't know, see all the like photo ops that they were like. No, I bet. Yes. And then they asked his brother. Oh, my William? God. Yeah. They asked his brother. Have you spoken to your brother after his in, after the interview? William. And he's like, no, but I plan on speaking with him real soon. Oh, Prince Charles. That's right. Charles, the, not his, William. William is his brother. No. Oh, no, Charles is his dad. Charles is his dad. I get dad. all that confused because they change their names and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Because like, they don't go by their names sometimes. They go by their titles. So it's like, oh. Yeah, I don't know nobody's fucking title. <laughs> fucking. Well, in the show, they all go by, like, they call them by their title. Like the Duke of Edinburgh. The Duke. 
of Kukus, <laughs> the Duke of this Bongacus. Yeah. Hey, um, and vaccinations, like, what? Is that free, free thing going now? I have a couple people have told me they got well, vaccinated. Are as you- of, yes, I know that um, CVS is not checking. You still have to meet certain qualifications um, in order to qualify, but they're not confirming. Like, if you say like you're a teacher, like they're not going to ask you system. for your teacher ID. Yeah. Yeah, so... People are getting catching wind of that and starting to just make appointments and going. Yeah. Um, and then starting May 1st, everyone's going to be able to do it, according to Biden. He announced that. Yeah. As of May 1st, there will be no restrictions. There's also a thing where, like, CVS has a wait list if people cancel appointments. Yeah, but if, if they're not even can... checking, just make an appointment. Yeah, I guess. Lurking or lurk I've around the slacking. CVS. I've been meaning to do it, and I've just been <sighs> slacking. To go and make the appointment and do it because I never leave my house. Right, me neither too. But once a week. But since I'm, I want to start doing going out more and leaving my house more. Yeah, fuck this shit. I need to get Dude, stick me in my arm. <laughs> tired of being home. I know. I love being home. I'm a homebody, and even yeah. I'm like, damn, I need to get out. Yeah, tr- <laughs> me too, bro. I need to get out and do something. We want to do an event with all our pot smoking moms. We do. How fun would that be? Yeah. We uh, will be doing an event, though, 420 Fest, April 24th in Sarasota. Please go check that out if you are in northern Florida. Um, April 24th. uh, It's called 420 Fest, Sarasota Fairgrounds. We also have, is this next week? Dude, it's Friday. It's this Friday. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's Friday, y'all. The High Five Game Show on Friday. The second episode of the High Five Game Show. Yeah, so peep it. I hope you guys... If you did not check it out last time, you got to hang out this Friday, the 19th, 9 o'clock. It's on our YouTube page, which is on our website, potsmokingmoms.com, which is in our bio and Instagram or whatever. But, uh, yes, please, you can chat. You can participate. And since it's the Friday after uh, St. Patrick's Day, the theme is St. Fatty's Day. Oh, yeah, St. Fatty's Day. The nuggiest news around brought to you by the stoniest moms in town. (laughs) Nebraska governor claims legalizing medical cannabis will kill your kids. Oh, my God. You think that sounds ridiculous? Wait till you hear this. So this is a dangerous drug that will impact our kids. If you legalize marijuana, you're going to kill your kids. That's what the data shows from around (laughs) And that's why it's dangerous to go around the established process we have to determine whether or not drugs are safe and effective, and why legalizing marijuana and going around the regulatory process to keep people safe is dangerous and going to harm our kids. Oh, my god! Damn, dogs. We're going to kill our kids? Slow your roll. <laughs> I wonder if that, that guy's never smoked weed in his life. Like, what the hell? So this is basically him responding to efforts to legalize medical cannabis in Nebraska. This is Republican Governor um, Pete Ricketts. He uh, he just went back in time. If you legalize marijuana, you're going to kill your kids. Are you kidding me? Reefer madness shit. That's insane to me. So we all know that there's no such thing as overdosing on, on marijuana. 
it's 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 very unlikely. It, it, the only times it's been recorded where it has happened, it's people who have gone into psychosis because yeah, they probably did a lot, and, and they there's also had already underlying, underlying issues, yeah. and then it's probably aggravated something more. And yeah, the suicides is really what that's a product of. So this guy is going crazy. So he just it's just like fear mongering. He brought up, so right, he cited two instances of people who consumed extremely high doses of marijuana and died by suicide. Exactly. So how are you going to bring in that data as something to support how it'll kill your kids? There's, if, if that's the case, there's so many things that can kill your kids then, too. You know? Everything. Everything. Alcohol is legal as fuck. Mm-hmm. And they could just drink that as much as that and get poison. So... Yeah, this guy is continuing the stigma with this ridiculous rhetoric, like extreme rhetoric. You will kill your kids. Like, which, that's insane. That's something straight from the 1930s. Yeah, and honestly, the, his tone is also reflected in something we're going to get into uh, locally. Oh, God. Yeah. Here we go. Oh, no. <laughs> I lost it now. <laughs> I gotta go back. Oh, wait. Let me try that again. Let me try that again. <laughs> so, recap. We talked about this uh, last podcast. The bill that caps THC potency in medical marijuana moves forward in the Florida House. So a bill aimed at capping the amount of THC has cleared its first committee and will move on to the Florida House of Representatives. The Professions of Public and Health Committee passed the bill HB 1455, allowing it to move forward in the Florida House. The bill states that qualified physicians may not prescribe medical marijuana containing more than 10% to THC patients. THC is the main psychoactive compound, as we know, that produces the high sensation. Representative Spencer Roach, the bill sponsor, claimed overprescribing doctor shopping and abuses are emerging in the medical marijuana realm. Roach said on Tuesday, you know, 15 years ago, when we look at the opioid crisis, this is what we were seeing. This kind of doctor shopping, drug seeking behavior. And the difference is that now we can learn from that experience and we can act before it's too late to protect the 500,000 Floridians who are using medical marijuana. Once the bill is cleared by other committees, it will be up for a vote in the House. I, let me bring up that um, Sunshine Cannabis. Chris Sunshine was actually live there, um, Instagram Live, mm -hmm. while they were doing the, the subcommittee. Um, the guy, the speaker, the Spencer Roach guy, like, his, all of his claims were, there was, I wasn't, the entire time he was there was like, cite your sources. Like, mm -hmm, what kind mm -hmm. of scientific research is this guy coming up with? Because if he's just saying, oh, yeah, from what I see, uh, from what oh, from what I see, like who? Okay, who are you to like? How do, how can he prove? Yeah, that was there an analysis is done shopping? and compared it to what was happening back then? Yeah, but, but exactly, how does Doctor he know? Shopping. How does he know that people are doing this? And it's crazy to me. And then, what is the research like? We need to bring in research to the house and show them. Uh, like the opioid, pe the percentage of people getting off of opioids because of cannabis. Exactly. You know, it's a, it's crazy to compare it to the opioid crisis. That's just insane. Yeah, it's it's only five hundred thousand people in the last 
what was it, four years, six years now? Um, I don't, I, I don't see it. I mean, I get the idea, oh, people are doctor shopping. Yeah, they're looking for a doctor that will be willing to recommend them medical marijuana. Right. But the doctor is going to listen to your reasons why and decide whether or not they will, you know, let's be real. Everybody goes to these chains because they know they're going to get the recommendation. So I think that's what he's referring to, but I don't think that correlates with the opioid yeah, crisis. Yeah, but so what is he right? And it's like, what's the research that shows what you're, how do, how do you prove to people that that it's going to be the, like the opioid crisis? That's completely different. You yeah. cannot compare one with the other. That is insane to, to, to suggest that. Anyways, we we're, we're going to keep following up with this because it's i mean i hope it dies the next you know committee that hears it yeah i hope so too but um, yeah but we'll follow up with that and yeah call to action try to reach out to your local legislators if you're here in florida Ooh, we gotta post some we gotta post something up in in terms of stay tuned to our stories yeah share stuff in there for this yeah for senators you can reach out to numbers and and such we will be posting those for you as well so that you can it's just easier for you to go searching for that stuff so we have another bill here senate bill 692 is positive medical marijuana public employee protection omg this is exactly what we need yep so medical marijuana public employee protection prohibiting an employer from taking adverse personnel action against against an employee or a job applicant who is qualified, who is a qualified patient using medical marijuana, providing exceptions, requiring an employer to provide written notice if an employee or job applicant's right to explain a positive marijuana test result within a specific time frame, providing procedures when an employee or job applicant tests positive for marijuana. Okay. So providing procedures when applicants test positive for marijuana. I'm hoping that that's a procedure where... Um, if you test positive for marijuana, the lab contacts the person being tested directly before notifying the employer and then finds out whether or not they're a qualified patient. And if they are, doesn't disclose it altogether. That's what I would hope they're doing. Oh yeah, that would be, I never thought about that. That would be ideal. Yeah. Because it's your medical, I mean, HIPAA, it's your private medical. Right. So, so that would so okay, so that would protect you from even the lab, even your employer knowing. Yeah, because it's like none I mean, of their business. If, if you can't provide your patient number that proves you're a patient, then I guess you would. They would hear. They would then find out. Yes, they tested positive. Man, I just think like I'm not why? sure if that's how this bill would work. Yeah, well, that would be nice. That would be cool. Uh, we'll stay kind of following up with that one too. We Oh, there's a call to action for that one. So we do want to reach out to our senators here. All right. Uh, we You can email um, uh, the city council or your state senator and encourage them to support SB 692, Medical Marijuana Public Employee Protection. Do it. Because if you're a patient here, this is what we need. Yeah. Definitely. We, we need to be protected. And, and like... This would be- it would probably encourage more people to become patients right. because they're like, what's the point of becoming a patient if I have to pay all this extra? And then if anything happens, I'm still in sayonara. trouble. Yeah. Right. Well, we we'll will see. keep abreast of that situation. And now. Now. 
breaking story, wild night in Miami Beach. Women twerk on police car. Two officers injured. Miami Beach, Florida was a wild Friday night in South Beach. There were even women who jumped on a police car to twerk. I mean, the video was pretty great. I would suggest <laughs> everybody crazy. to peep the video on, um, what is this? Is this Sun Sentinel? No, this is Miami Herald. Um, I don't remember. Oh, we will post it for you. There were even. It was Channel 10. Channel, Channel 10. 10 News. Yeah. ABC. I mean, the video is pretty great. <laughs> it's pretty insane. It's um, scary. It's There's scary. So There's so many people out. It's spring break. The city is swarming with spring breakers. While taking a subject into custody, officers were forced to utilize pepper balls. That pepper sounds like balls. a nice, like a, a like a treat, a, like a holiday treat. But what are pepper balls? Are, I, are they like little balls they throw that, that shoot off pepper spray? Yeah, I would assume something like that. Okay, so pepper balls. Pepper balls to, to dis- disperse <laughs> members of the crowd who were disorderly and surrounding officers. Several subjects were detained. Two officers were injured and were transported to the hospital. Why are you talking like that? I don't know. I'm making it interesting. <laughs> you certainly <laughs> sound like a hillbilly. I do. Uh-huh, I don't know. More police officers are enforcing the rules in the area. Ocean Drive and Collins and Washington Avenues. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, my God. Insane. So wait, all package liquor sales cease after 8 p.m. in this area and after 10 p.m. And they're all, so they're trying. They're trying to like chill the crowd out less alcohol you know people need to smoke weed (laughs) yeah instead no but they looked they're wilding out in that video i'm there yeah people have been locked up for too long so on thursday night officers said that some people in the crowd threw bottles at them on collins avenue and 11th and officers arrested three people during the during before the incident on friday so wow that that's insane and it was like swarming people were just swarming nobody was wearing masks the risks of the coronavirus pandemic are on the rise yeah, by they, tourists b- coming in and just. Yeah, but they, if if, God, if our governor doesn't give a shit. Yeah. So uh, uh, officers are asking oh, the public to wear are. face masks. Okay, mind you, in the video, the, none of the officers were wearing masks. Yeah. Okay. So they're asking people to wear face masks and social distance. Um, and the city's enforcing a curfew from 12 a.m. to 6 a.m. Hmm, that that's closing down pretty early. That's closing down pretty early. Uh, we got we we got this little fun clip from from uh, from the that video. video. Stopping crime and preventing the potential of a COVID outbreak. Why do you think there's so many people who want to be here? You know, during spring because there's no f- restrictions here, or at least people don't give f- right now. <laughs> yeah, I love it. It's true that she was true. She Why is there no restrictions here? Right, because Governor Ron DeSantis issued an order invalidating the local government's fines on pandemic-related rules. And he says, we like the fact that people are able to work here. We like the fact that we have been able to save thousands and thousands of businesses and save people's livelihoods. DeSantis adding that contemplating a shutdown at this point is insane. We're not asking for a shutdown. Yeah, we're not. We're not we just want people to wear a mask. Yeah. Why can't we still have You a know why? Here? Because uh, having all of this in, doing that, pandemic-related rules would also suggest that businesses have to have to limitate, yeah, capacity has to be a cert, under a certain capacity, but which... It, it should. That was a lot of um, There was a lot of, it yeah, was a it's lot crazy. Of Nobody, and any spring break videos you look at from right now, I'm not talking about old stuff, new videos, there's lots of people out there yeah. wilding out. They've been locked up for too long. 
I hope a lot of those people got vaccinated already. Oh, yeah. Okay. Nice. Uh, That's a positive outlook on that. (laughs) I mean, we had those ladies dressing up as little viejitas to try to get vaccinated. Yeah, seems like some people are. And we're telling everybody to lurk outside the CVS to get some, (laughs) to get some leftover vaccines before they toss them. Well, I am very happy to introduce this interview. We actually sat down with Danielle Simone Brandt. She wrote a book called Weed Mom. Uh, She was very, very insightful, very resourceful. She's a journalist and she wrote Weed Mom, the can of curious woman's guide to healthier relaxation, happier parenting and chilling the fuck out. Uh, And this book came out in December 2020 uh, with Ulysses Press. She's also a mom of two kids, aged 8 and 11, and a former yoga teacher. Uh, we got to talking about a lot of really interesting things with her. She kind of said, told us she did this because she was kind of the weed mom in her group, and everybody would ask her questions. Advice so she was and, like, let yeah. me just slap all this stuff together. And, you know, she's really doing a lot to trailblaze um pot smoking moms yeah that's great so, um, bringing I, more girls more moms into the tribe hell yeah yeah like kind of curious like normalizing it right um and i we hope you enjoy her interview here it is all right danielle thank you so much for taking the time to hang out with us today and talk to us a little bit about your book um you were just telling us you were originally from san diego and you've moved to you said idaho Idaho. Yeah, yeah. Well, not I wouldn't say originally from San Diego. I'm from wherever I grew up in Hawaii. Um, and I lived on the East Ooh. Coast, lived in Bay Area, lived in Southern California. Um, yeah, I guess we just like to move around. <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely. I started writing about cannabis while living in a legal state. And then I was writing a book moving to a prohibition state. So I don't know, it's weird. <laughs> so what got you over in Idaho? You just you just um, like to move around, or is it like your a spouse's job that makes you travel? Uh, well, we've moved various places, like for school and stuff like that. But you know, really, we moved here for quality of life. Like you know, California is so expensive. Oh and, yes, and um, yeah, you can just like you can get a house in Idaho that fits your family a lot better. Um, and also it's like kind of a secret that, um, but not really that, uh, we can just drive 45 minutes over the border to Oregon and get everything. Oh, nice, man. That has to make things very complicated for Idaho. They see, this is why it just needs to be federally legal because when you have states that close and I saw a video about that where Uh somebody was at a dispensary and they're like, here, I'm at this dispensary picking up and when he looked to the right, there was a hill, and just right over that hill was a non-legal state. And they're like, the people right there that live in those houses cannot buy this weed. <laughs> That's just crazy. That's wrong. I know. I mean, and of course people do. People, <laughs> but yeah, it's and it's also like they're losing out on the tax revenues. It's just it's a it's a lose lose situation. Like you know, prohibition is on its way out, but you know, there's some states that are just like. Holding on. Yeah. Yeah. When did your relationship with cannabis start? Like how old were you when you started um, using cannabis? So, okay. So I tell a story in the book about how, you know, I definitely, I experimented in college and and when I met my husband in my early twenties, he was definitely a stoner. And so, you know, I was around it and I would smoke here and there with him, but I just like, I didn't get it. It wasn't my thing, you know, until later, really until I was like in my mid to late thirties and I was a mom and 
Um, and actually, my husband had been to rehab for cannabis, which is completely crazy, right? Because cannabis is not addictive in the sense, you know, in the physical sense, you know, like people might have a little bit of withdrawal symptoms if they stop cold turkey after a lot of heavy use, but generally speaking, it's not, you know, it's not physically addictive. But he was like, you know, leaning on it without any idea of like, you know, different cannabinoids, CBD to THC, he was using like high THC stuff, and it really wasn't great for his brain. It was sending him into like, you know, some, some mental health ups and downs. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it was a problem for him. Now he can actually consume in a much more like, moderate way. And, you know, rehab is like a little bit of a strong word, but he went to a program to help like renegotiate his relationship, relationship to it. Um, and that's crazy because then, you know, he was into weed. I wasn't, he stopped, I got into weed mm -hmm. <laughs> and now we're both into it again. So yeah, so is something you guys enjoy together as a couple. Now we can. Again. Yeah. 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 That's really nice. So what made you decide to write your book? Like, why did you decide to write a book, Weed Mom? So I wrote the book because I was, um, you know, I'm, I'm a journalist and I was writing about cannabis on one side of things. And I was writing about parenting stuff on the other side of things. And, you know, sometimes I'd write about those two subjects together, but mostly they were separate. Um, but as I became like more known as like, oh yeah, she smokes a lot of weed <laughs> <laughs> in my mom community, people started coming to me with their CBD questions and their, you know, indica versus sativa questions. And I was like, you know what, there's a lot of interest in my mom's community, but they don't know enough yet, or they just feel intimidated by like all the selection in the marketplace. Plus the fact that like the culture is changing and we're, we're starting to normalize cannabis and like, we need to talk about it more with like our kids and all that. So just all that was a good motivation for me to be like, okay, I'm going to put the information together in one spot for moms. That's really cool. Um, that must be crazy from going, you're known as the weed mom. Everybody came to you for weed advice and now you're in a place where you can't really be like advertising really um, that, that you're a weed mom. Would, would you be... How long have you been in Idaho and have you found any friends or people around you that that you can be open that about? are supportive? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a few. And, you know, like mostly people that I knew before I came, to be honest. Um, so, you know, like longer term friends. But um, but yeah, like coming out, you know, again, in the weed <laughs> closet is like hard, yeah. you know, in, in a new place and when it's where it's illegal. So like, you know, little by little, but in the pandemic, we have obviously not had that opportunity to socialize mm -hmm, in person mm -hmm. anyway. Yeah. So yeah. like my whole social life is online anyway. <laughs> we have so many internet friends like that become yeah. our friends. Yeah. They're our friends. Now. I mean, and ultimately this past year was kind of yeah. like that. I mean, uh, there was a lot, there was a lot of, there was a lot of us, you know, there was a lot of weed moms out there who were <laughs> trying to connect with others. And you know what? I always talk to her about how privileged and how, you know, great it is that we have grown up with kind of a bunch of other friends of ours that have smoked, you know, and we kind of all have this bond and we all have, became parents around the same time. But like there's other people out there. Yeah. When you move, it's scary. It's kind of like, you know, hard too because. You don't want to advertise. You don't want to advertise it, even though nowadays I think like we're older and like 
we like, kind don't of give do. a fuck attitude. We don't like, give a fuck. Like, <laughs> yeah, like if you want to be our friends, we smoke weed. Like, are you down with that or not? Because if you're not, then you're not going to want to be friends with us. But if you are, we could talk about it. We kind of like cool with it. Yeah, that's kind of how we like introduce yeah. ourselves now, kind of because <laughs> it's about normalizing but at it, least right? You have totally, totally. But I mean, at least you have medical that you know, like mm-hmm. it gives you that you know mm-hmm. that we're like you know, we freedom to be open and <laughs> yeah. Do you know if Idaho has anything in the works? to maybe have any legislation or, or anybody lobbying and trying to get things passed there? Are you aware by any chance? Yeah. Um, well, okay. So there is an Idaho cannabis coalition that had, that was collecting signatures for the ballot for last year, um, you know, for 2020, um, the pandemic shut down their signature gathering. So that, you know, just got dropped, unfortunately. Um, there's another medical marijuana signature gathering for 2022 marijuana bill, um, just for like basically like terminal, you know, people who are literally about to die. Um, oh my god! So yeah. you know that's like not very broad and not you know it, it, that would be good and compassionate and important, but it's not enough, obviously. Um, and then at the same time, there are Idaho legislators trying to like push through stuff about like hey, this is never going to be legal here. We're never going to do it. Oh, my God. I cannot stand those cock blockers. I hate when people <laughs> do that. I hate when people are like, oh, it's illegal. We're going to make it illegal, illegal, double illegal. It's never going to be legal. We're going to make a law saying that it can never be legal, period. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? You need weed more than we do. I know. And seriously, it's like, if you don't like it, don't fucking smoke weed. Sorry, it's that simple. Life. Yeah. It is that simple. It's so, there was Marco Island. There's a place here. Yeah. That has, that. it's like a, I mean, we're in Florida. So a lot of these places here is like touristy destination spots for people. There's a Marco Island. And they have put in mm. lo- laws to make it never, <laughs> never, never legal. legal. They're like, if it ever becomes recreational legal in Florida, not here, here in Marco Island, it's not legal. <laughs> just in case we will never yeah that's what a waste of time it goes to show you how much time is wasted in government because everybody has their thumb up their butt so um danielle what would you say are your main reasons for using cannabis (laughs) okay well okay i like to say that like in my cannabis self-care toolkit i've got many many delights and (laughs) you know ranging from just topicals, like when I'm sore and I have an old injury that, you know, CBD really helps me with. Um, you know, I like CBD and CBN in the evenings. I like it, you know, it's good for my sleep if I take it like, you know, an hour or so before I sleep, it really helps me just, you know, get, get the most restful sleep. Um, I love low dose edibles for just like chilling and working because um actually a little bit of THC is a good focuser for me like a little bit Mm -hmm. but like a lot you know makes me more just chill and you know I can have fun with my kids but I can't get shit done (laughs) in that state (laughs) so yeah I mean I use it for for mood for sleep for pain um great for sex Mm -hmm. um let's see good for cooking good for hanging out with my family like what what can't you use cannabis for that's so true it goes back to how versatile this plant is in so many different ways excuse me totally 
It's so complex though too. Even like just I always I always thought cooking it would be easy, growing it would be easy, and it's fucking not. No, it's not. How does it how is it that you mm. had this great regimen of, of things you like to use the plant in different ways and now being in an illegal state, you don't no longer have access to that kind of variety. Now I'm sure it's probably just what you can get is maybe Delta eight is Delta eight legal there. Delta eight is not available here. <gasps> not even Delta eight. Yes. It's wild. Even Delta eight. I can't, I, you I can get it online, online. No, many times from different places, different retailers. They won't ship it. But here's the thing. It, I'm a 45 minute drive away from That's Oregon. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so you yeah, have the variety just, there. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> And there are dispensaries like right on the border too that clearly are catering to people who live where I live. That's crazy. Yeah, that's smart. <laughs> that's very smart. Wow, it is smart, genius. and they're and they're getting they're getting the money from it. So you know, good for them. Yeah. So what what do you consider? Um, okay, so a lot of times we we get into these conversations where a lot of us are. We're happy to see other people being open and we're very like we want to normalize it. Right. So what is your take on normalizing? What can we do as mothers who enjoy cannabis? What can we do to uh, normalize it for everyone, even people who are I mean, I think we need to talk to older people about it. But. Yep. Yep, for sure. I mean, that's like, that's a great question. That's like the question right now is like, how are we, you know, how do we do this? Um, so I think that, you know, different people are going to be doing it in different ways. Like what you're doing is a way, absolutely. And I know that's, you know, that's part of your mission. Um, so, you know, entertaining, podcasting, getting your message out on social media platforms, just, you know, being open about it, opening up conversations for other, you know, for other weed moms, other can moms to, you know, to jump in and to maybe feel a little bit less afraid, a little more empowered. Um, and yes, conversations with, with kids, you know, in a way that's like not fear mongering, not stigmatizing, but, you know, also gives them enough information so they can stay safe, right? That's important, you know, utmost. Um, you know, talking to older people in our lives, talking to, you know, partners, if there's like some disconnect or miscommunication, just like we gotta, you know, in my view, we have to be really open about it. We have to keep talking. What do you think? I agree 100%. <clears throat> I'm pretty open and with everyone. Everyone in my family knows. All my friends know. The only place I'm not open about it is my place of employment. Just because they... Uh, there's no protections in place. No, there's no protections. Even if I'm a patient, I could lose my job very easily if they found out, you know. So that's the only place where I can't be open and honest about oh, yeah, I like cannabis. It's great medicine. It helps me with this and this and that because they just wouldn't get it. It's corporate America in Florida. <laughs> so who, uh, what, who's the, excuse me, the audience for your book? Like, who should we recommend your book to? Who are the type of readers you would enjoy your book? So, okay, <laughs> that's an interesting question because, like, I, I think, I mean, I'll be totally honest with you. I think that I wrote the book more for mainstream can of curious moms, but the can of mom community is loving it. And I'm like feeling so like honored and gratified by that fact, <laughs> because I think that a lot of weed moms were like, we don't have like, you know, 
I don't know, like a rallying call or something or, you know, some, some like piece of literature that says, okay, let's look at all the issues involved in being, you know, a parent who, who enjoys cannabis, being a mom in our culture today who likes cannabis. So I am like thrilled that like OG cannabis moms love it. <laughs> <laughs> But, but, you know, but also like, I want to get the message out to people who aren't, aren't with us yet and who Mm -hmm. could be so much happier and healthier if they could, you know, just, just give it a try because, you know, I like, before I was a cannabis skeptic, I was a cannabis, like, you know, not a hater, but like a low key hater. Like I was like, (laughs) ugh, whatever. It's not for me. It's just, it's a weird thing. But once I got it, like I got it, like in my body, in my, in my mind, my heart, my soul. And like I love this plant now. I love what she does for us. You know, I love that she's a lady. Yes. <laughs> you know, there's so many things that, you know, I've fallen in love with, with this plant. And, you know, so I want more moms to like, understand yes. to know that. What was, but what pulled you back in? How did you, I mean, how did you get back to that place where you were like, oh, okay, this is what clicked? What made it click for you? So I know I was actually writing about cannabis um, as a journalist in more of a like culture and like sometimes business sense, not from like a first person, you know, my experience sense. So I was writing about cannabis before I really like tried it as an, you know, as I say, like as an adult Mm -hmm. (laughs) and, you know, I had been an adult before, but like as a, you know, as like a, you know, mother of two and woman with a career and all this stuff, like I had just sort of, it had dropped off my radar for years. So when I tried it again, um, it was out of sheer curiosity because I'd been writing about it. And also so many people in my life besides my husband had been saying like, Hey, it helps me with creativity. It helps me with, you know, anxiety. Like I love that, you know, mild euphoria and I can hang out with my kid and feel, you know, more creative and fun. So I was just hearing all these things from, you know, people out of the internet and people that I knew. Um, So, and I was a yoga teacher for a long time. So I rolled out my yoga mat and I, you know, went to my dispensary and got, or actually I called delivery and I got a vape pen, you know, I was like dipping my little baby toe in the water. And <laughs> so, and I just took like a couple, you know, maybe one or two puffs, very low dose, but it was like a beautiful experience. You know, I felt, and I felt really embodied, really, you know, connected. Um, you know, I, I'm a, I'm not religious in any way, but spirituality is important to me and feeling like a connection to, you know, something greater and nature and all that. And cannabis did that for me. It like awakened these, you know, these states that I didn't really access in my normal life. And I was like, hell yeah, I've been missing out. Mm-hmm. I can see that back. I haven't done yoga in years, but I used to love to go to yoga. Hi. <laughs> I, you, you love to go to was, everything high. Bro. Okay, yeah, I, was I don't know what up. you're talking about. <laughs> it's like, give me a. I like to go to the refrigerator. Hi, yeah, okay. I like to go do you. I mean, it's not. Of course, it's nice to do get high and do yoga, no, but especially like I wouldn't get blitz out of my mind just a little bit, you know, just some, you know, get. I a got you, high. girl. It helps with the breathing and the focus and all that. I really enjoyed it. There's ganja yoga. And sometimes you get in your head too. And it's like, yeah, it's a, it's nice. We, I want to do a yoga session. Like, I know it's just, (laughs) we got to do a kind of mom yoga session. Because, you know, THC especially enhances your sense of touch and your, you know, like your sensory, all your sensory shit. So I feel like, (laughs) yeah, it's just the perfect combination. (laughs) 
Uh, which is why it's good for <laughs> for sex. sex. Like you said, sex life earlier. Is there a combination that you would suggest or so? I mean, anything particular? I am like, we have never had like a sex person on our show. I think we should, you know, probably bring somebody on here. But what would you do? You suggest a certain combination or. So, okay, I think it it is pretty personal. It varies. But, um, you know, I like, first of all, THC lubes. Have you had an experience with these? I've heard about it, but I've never tried it. Okay. Tell me more. Tell us more. Yeah, <laughs> But definitely combine it with, you know, smoking or edibles mm-hmm. or whatever, because you want to have the, like full body feeling too. But um, yeah, like it's been described as getting your vagina high. How does that what? happen? What is I want my like? vagina to be high. <laughs> I, I this is honestly see, this is what why this is a good question. Yeah, I'm super intrigued. Do you have more information? Tell our tell our audience where they can get some of this stuff. Okay. Know. So okay, so first of all, I should say that not everybody feels a dramatic, you know, difference. Mm-hmm. But some people do. And, you know, I think enough enough women feel you know a a dramatic difference i do but again i do combine it with actually getting high so like they're working together but (laughs) but you know you have we have endocannabinoid receptors in the in the reproductive system and you know so like and it's you know thc is definitely an aphrodisiac for women like studies show that women who you know who consume thc have more sex have you know more desire for sex better arousal better um you know like satisfaction with their sex life like it's a really good like really positive for women (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah so i recommend some combination of topical and internal or smoking um but you know for me like yeah it's like it's pretty dose dependent because if I'm, you know, if I smoke a lot of indica or something, I just want to lie there and I'm not very, very much fun. <laughs> so it's like, you know, you got to balance it out. I, I particularly, I like sour diesel though for sex. Sour okay. Diesel, okay. I mean, that sounds like something you would smoke before having sex, to be honest. So can't, I can't sounds disagree. Sounds sexy for you, D. <laughs> it sounds like, yeah, we're going to get it done. Sour diesel, baby. <laughs> it's got a masculine feel or something yeah sounds like a but, yeah, sounds like a hunky wrestler are, are nice for me um but you know like it, it is pretty specific because everyone's endocannabinoid system is a little different yeah. right so you know the way we respond to cbd and thc and all that and for some women that i interviewed for the book for instance they just you know they just needed to get rid of pain for instance mm-hmm. so in that case you know like a cbd topical um, or, you know, THC just to, for the analgesic, cause it's a pain reliever. We know mm-hmm. <laughs> definitely. So lots of different uses potentially. Do you have a preference between, uh, like hybrid sativa or indica? Do you, or do you just like, depending on your mood, go to a certain type? So I listened to one of your episodes today where you guys are talking about sativa indica and I was like, Hmm, interesting. Um, <laughs> So, <laughs> so, okay, you know, I generally speaking think that, you know, Steve Indica is a little outdated as I'm sure, and I know you know that, but at the same time, there do seem to be patterns, mm-hmm. right? And things that are like often labeled as sativa tend to have like that little bit of more uplifting, you know, but like just to say things are straight Steve Indica, that's a little bit of a, you know, misnomer. Um, but, you know, it just depends on what I'm going for. 
Yeah. yeah. I like I like sativas. Like um this is a Jack Harer. Um, that used to be one of my favorite strains. I know I don't do a lot of sativas. I I have to be on the mood to be on the go. Yeah, I think the Jack Herrera here's changed too. It's not the same. Well, no, it's definitely not the same as the Jack Herrera I used to get in Amsterdam. So, well, (laughs) yeah, nothing here is gonna be like there. That was back in like two thousand. I like being able to like. Try different strains and stuff, though, too, and kinds of gauge. I recently had to stop smoking a strain because it gave me, it made me aggressive. Which I I never thought it would, anything like that would happen. But, I mean, it seems like, yeah, Mm -hmm. different strains for different people. I'm not, I'm not smoking that strain again. (laughs) It was a sativa. I mean, I think those are a little more, but, yeah. Definitely, different. yeah, for sure. I mean, and I've I've tried strains that I'm like, oh, not for me. It just it doesn't sit well with me. I don't feel good. Um, but fortunately, most strains are pretty pretty good for me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm usually good with all. Yeah, <laughs> me too. <laughs> but yeah, I like I like my indicas in the evening, and you know, I do like I do like hybrids or you know hybrid effects. Um, you know, sort of like end of the workday transition into kid time and dinner time and stuff. That's a good hybrid time for me. In California, when you were there, obviously there was a lot of variety and you're also close to Oregon. Oregon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Do you see a lot of like strains that are, um, that have have high, high CBD as well, like ratio ones? Cause every time I've tried those, I've enjoyed those and I wish we had more of that available to us i'm is seeing more though i've only, only at rise do i see them and then we just got one at truly yeah they're, they're they're coming out a little bit more but you've probably seen more variety since you've been around it longer the legal the states that have been yeah. legal forever <laughs> yeah i mean i i would say like every dispensary that i've been to in san diego probably had like at least two three um you know C- high cbd strains or you know but at in least flower one form one oh, one to one flower is kind of hard to find, but um, it's it's pretty nice too. Yeah, those are I really enjoy those those strains when I can get my hands on them. Yeah, what do you can think? You get like um, oh, I'm just curious about like other cannabinoids. Can you get them as as you know flower or pre rolls? Like, can you get CBG for instance? We have well, we have a local friend who we get CBG from. Mm-hmm. CBD, CBG, but but in in flower form, yeah. But mm-hmm. like at the dispensary, they're starting no. to do more CBN. Well, they're starting to do more stuff. They're starting to do more CBN stuff, in which was flower form. Or no, like, the CBN I wasn't. You... I think capsule form. Yeah, they just do capsules. Is CBN available in flower? Yeah, like we don't have that. Well, so not really because it it's it's a minor cannabinoid that's only present in small quantities in flower unless the THC is like aged, mm-hmm. aged, th- aged THCA from, Becomes you know, from CBN. the dried flower will age into CBN. Right. So if you've ever had like old super weed. old weed sitting around and you, and you smoked it, it's probably more like chill than makes, others. Yeah, it's probably more like couch lock. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh. Or if you cook it too, you can cook it long enough so that it turns into cbn as well yeah because it activates converts. and converts yeah if you cook it too long or whatever so interesting as we learn more and more all about these other cannabinoids and that delta eight and yeah delta, uh, delta 10, 10. <laughs> <laughs> i was like delta 10 i what? know what is are delta they making 10? these up 
like i know we were like on? for real i had to google that i was like this it's, she's lying and it's real delta 10 don't know much about huh. it yet but right. it's new apparently yeah 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 <laughs> And, and Delta 8 is still super interesting and new. And I, I know you had some episodes talking about it recently, and, and I listened to some of that. Um, yeah, pretty interesting stuff. I, I did have a chance to try it in California, um, but I, I haven't been able to get it since I've been here, That's which crazy. is weird because it's supposed to be more legal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, our friend yeah. that went from California to Georgia, he's been um, doing a lot more CBD and Delta 8 because of that being an illegal state. Illegal state. So what do you think you can get Delta eight there? Yeah. He just orders it online. And then he found a local smoke shop, like in like not far from him that has them there. Like he can buy them right there. So he's good. He's set. (laughs) He he can never remember the name of it. Yeah. We're like, like, He's like, oh, I love it. It's great. It's, I was like, what, like you want to like, tell oh, our people or that. listeners? He's like, oh, I, I have we'll to We'll get find you it. that. Yeah, I get you that. <laughs> we had never even found out what the name <laughs> of the Delta 8 was. <laughs> so what is your opinion on uh, oh, legalization and like federal legalization in the, in the United States of America? Yeah, How far you, off do you think we are what from do you that think happening? Is, yeah. What do you think is going to happen? What, what do you, what do you, or what do you want to see happen? So what do you think is going to happen or what do you want to see happen? Okay, so I had I had hope for the Moore Act that you know went down. Um, unfortunately, I do have hope in the next few years for some kind of move toward federal decriminalization. I think that you know it it may be like still a little weird and a little gray, but they're going to take some steps. Maybe it's going to be like a memo that's released that basically just says hey, this is not a priority anymore, like, you know, for law enforcement, mm-hmm. or maybe, you know, it's like, maybe it's an entire bill or a piece of legislature. But I do, um, I do think that it's going to be, um, we're moving in that direction. And of course, federal legalization is coming too. It's just, you know, bringing all of the United States in is just such a huge undertaking, you know. But I think if anything, but if years. it's legal under federal law, like, I think a lot of the states will fall in line, the ones that are illegal. I mean, there might be some that will push back, but eventually they're going to fall in line because they're going to see <laughs> how it, nothing's happening in these other states. They're thriving. They're making money. It's bringing jobs. You know, like, I think it would, I think that other states would fall in because I think the states could still technically say in their state it's illegal, correct? Even if it's federally illegal, or would, would it be just law of the land and that's it? Be, you I can't say it it's illegal. Law of the land because how Federal is it going to be yeah. federally legal and you get pulled over and they tell you something because your state, they can't do that. It's, they probably it's can't put illegal. you in jail, but maybe fine you or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if if we get federal decriminalization, then that will have to be the, the law of the land for sure. Um, but in terms of like getting, you know, all the senator, I mean, not all the senators, but enough, you know, of, of our federal representatives to vote for legalization like that, I'm not sure about for a little bit longer. Of course, it will happen. You know, other states are doing it. Mexico just... Right, I mean, yeah. isn't that amazing? So many places are doing it. But I think, Virginia, like, if anything, we need it now more than fucking ever. We need to start getting the ball rolling mm-hmm. now because uh, we're hurting this, right yeah. now. And I think this through the pandemic, I feel like a lot of people weed have ramped up all. the weed consumption just to cope with all the trauma we're <laughs> getting handed to us. 
Hell to the yes. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I think that, you know, I, I, there was a woman I interviewed who works for a California cannabis company. She's also a mom. And I quoted her in the book and she said, like, based on her observation of the industry and even just like social circles and stuff, she's like, the pandemic has shaved off like 10 years of stigma <laughs> and like pushed us so much more forward with cannabis. And I agree. 100%. And then I think people are just being more and more open and you're finding communities online. So I think that's helping. I just think too, like, yo, this plant has been around forever. Can you guys just start researching it and stop being such boneheads? I just don't get why we, we, Oh, it's so elusive. We still don't know so much. This shit has been around forever. Why is why are people dragging their feet? People have been using it for medicine forever. For real. So back to your book. Right. They're so terrified that we're like, we don't know enough about it, but we know that like you can't overdose, you can't die. Like we know it's really safe and that should, you know, that in itself should like elevate it, you know, I mean, like compared to all these other super dangerous medications that people do die. From. 100%. And not yeah. to mention how it's actually helped people Get wean off of, off of extremely bad op- opioids and and i always say things wrong <laughs> no, yeah you're right <laughs> but you know the word op- yeah opioids totally. yeah yeah um opioids <laughs> yeah i mean it's called an exit drug right exactly. like it's not a gateway drug it's an exit drug for a lot of people from alcohol and mm-hmm. you know even like tobacco and heroin like there have been studies cocaine like people can taper or quit other drugs with the use of cannabis. I mean, federal, federal prohibition is just like one of those just completely bonkers, you know, so hard to wrap your head around. Like it doesn't make any sense at all. It doesn't, it doesn't. And they need to fix that. Um, your, your book, Weed Mom, The Canna Curious Woman's Guide to Healthier Relaxation, Happier Parenting, and Chilling the Fuck Out, or TF out to be PC. <laughs> but we can say the fuck out here. <laughs> uh, came out in December 2020. Um, I was going to ask you, where can I read <laughs> Where can listeners find your book? On, on Amazon? Yep, it's on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and Bookshop. Um, and book people love it if you order it from your local bookstore too. So yeah, yeah, throwing, throwing that out there. Support your <laughs> local bookshops for sure. Shop local. <laughs> did, how did you? How did you break? Like talk to them about it, or how did you approach the subject? Is there any specific way or? Yeah, I mean, I have a chapter in the book about talking to kids about cannabis because it's super important, um, you know, different ages and stages, like different, you know, messages. I mean, this, the message is the same, but it gets more complex, obviously, mm-hmm. um, as they get older. And of course, you know, it does depend like on, you know, your state and your job. And, you know, there are things that you don't want to tell the little kids if you are afraid they're going to blurt it out at preschool or whatever. <laughs> But that being said, you know, if you feel safe enough, you know, what I, what I talk about is it's a plant, you know, it grows in the ground, like all these other beautiful plants that we enjoy. Um, It's medicine for some adults and it's like fun and relaxation for other adults. And for a lot of us, it's both. Um, And I say that it's not safe for their brains, you know, until they're older, until their Mm -hmm. brains have developed more. Um, And that, you know, I taught them how to like identify 
unedible, like with the, the pot leaf symbol or the THC symbol. And I was like, you know, I will keep these safe so you're not going to mistake them for other candy. But, you know, if you're ever like at a friend's house, I mean, we were in California and a lot of my friends, you know, or weed consumer, weed consumer stuff. I was like, if you ever see this, like at a friend's house, just, you know, don't eat it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, want them to be safe. So, you know, and then we also talked about like why it became illegal and how it was unjust. And like, we talked about, you know, some social issues around that and, you know, racism around prohibition. And I just felt like it was a good, I mean, cannabis is so cool because it brings in like science and wellness and culture and legal issues and social justice and everything so I just felt like it's a good conversation topic for kids because you can cover so much stuff, you know? Agree. That's great. I love that. That point of view. You're, it's perfect. Yes, mm-hmm. you're absolutely 100%. true. Yeah. That, awesome. And, you know, I, I also think that kids, kids get more than we give them credit for sometimes. And that, you know, if we are just like straightforward and honest and open and loving, like they're going to be fine, mm-hmm. you know, like, and, the, and they'll get it. They, they have the capacity to understand that the cannabis is a good thing, but it's not for kids. Right. Yeah. A hundred percent. That's the same yeah. message I give my son the same here. And, you know, hiding it and being discreet is, is just making it seem like more. exactly yeah, it's further stigmatizing it. it. And if you just normalize it and just be honest with your kids, eventually we're going to, weed out that stigma it's going to take some time but little by little having conversations not only with our kids like you said normalizing is having conversations with our friends our family uh sometimes they don't always go the way we want you know but you know sometimes you meet a new friend (laughs) have you do you i mean what do you think about tolerance breaks uh is there something specifically that you do maybe that makes it easier for you you or yeah thoughts um that is interesting um have you done a tolerance so, before <laughs> she's like man as a day so does that count <laughs> a day? That's, hey, my tolerance break is when i go to sleep at night <laughs> <laughs> after the edible wears off <laughs> I know, especially during the pandemic. During the pandemic, we're like, uh, tolerance breaks? Who? No. No, I can't do one now. Definitely not. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm not I'm not ready. I'm not emotionally ready. But um, you know, but yeah, I I think that it varies, you know, and I think even forty eight hours can be helpful Mm -hmm. for tolerance for a lot of people. Um you know, and switching like modes of consumption too is tends to be helpful. Like if you usually smoke, then going just to edibles or sublinguals or something for like a few days or tinctures, that could be a nice, you know, a nice way. But yeah, I mean, generally 48 hours to like a week or so. What's your experience with them? I think um, <laughs> my I, pregnancy, <laughs> that's the longest uh, tolerance break I took is definitely is my pregnancy. And I think the only time I have a tolerance break is uh, now it's never because I have access to weed whenever I need to when I go to the dispensary. But as if I just went dry and I didn't have yeah, any, then it was no, like involuntary right. or I'm traveling or something like that. But when I when we did try the tolerance break a little over a year ago, um, I did smoke Tough CBD. Day. Uh-huh. On those those few days that I wasn't smoking uh-huh. like THC flower, that helped at least you know with the relaxation sure. at night and go to sleep, you know, relax still. Um, but 
Yeah, I'm not doing a tolerance break anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, CBD is, is definitely great. And I'm sure, you know, as we learn more about the other cannabinoids, we'll realize like, the, you know, the ways that they could be helpful in that regard too. And I even wonder about THCA and like consuming that mm-hmm. during a tolerance break. I wonder how that would change things. There's so much to learn still. All right. And that was our fun interview with Danielle Simone Brand. If you want some extras, that was not the entire interview. We do offer the uh, full uncut interview um, on as one of our Patreon. Um, Extra content on our Patreon. On our Patreon. So please check that out on our webpage. Contribute to Patreon and get extra content from us. There's just so much information. We can't squeeze it into a podcast for mm-hmm. you. So please Join us and a group of others on Patreon and you'll hear the full interview. You can reach out to Danielle at Danielle Simone Brand and uh, www.daniellesimonebrand.com. And you can find her book on Amazon, Weed Mom. Yes, wonderful. Thank you guys for sponsoring the show. Uh, Thanks so much for being a part of Pot Smoking Mom's podcast, Yanni Reyes, Destiny Adams, Lauren Hadsel, Jesse Reyes, Christy Rodriguez, April Collins, Antibody Apparel. Thank you guys so much. We actually have a new patron, actually. We wanted oh, to. Oh, yes. Oh, my Terry. gosh. Terry. Yeah, what was Terry's Terry last name? Terry Grimley, I believe. Terry Grimley, yes. Thank you. Thank so you. those are all of our TK patrons. Suites. Thanks so much, you guys. And thank you for listening and taking time out of your day to have smoke with us and chill with us. We hope you catch us around next time. Bye. Bye. Missed all my cues today. Bing bong boom.